Lord God, thank you so much for the blessings that you give us, Lord. And thank you for our retreats and conferences and just the different things, God, that you give and opportunity for us. And Lord, we pray for every one of them that you would bless them, just as you did the youth retreat and what we saw in the video. And Lord, we ask for your blessings and your touch upon this time right now. We thank you for this opportunity. We have to open your word. And God, we ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. And Lord, give us a mind to understand your principles and to, Lord, to, to really embrace the truths that are before us, God. Grow us in faith and open up our hearts, God, to receive those things, to apply it in our lives. And God, I pray that this morning your word would make a difference, God, in how we live, Lord. Make a difference in how we walk before you and where we put our eyes, Lord. And that is upon you we want, Lord. God, we want you so much. We love you. We want to be with you. And so grace us, Lord, by a strong sense of your presence, a touch of your Holy Spirit's anointing upon your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I came across some moving tips for a moving day. Now, there are the usual things like clearly label your boxes or make sure everything is packed before your moving help arrives. But I especially like some of these moving day tips. For example, number 23, dolly, good, hernia, bad. Number 12, Wear plenty of deodorant on the day of the move. Number 32, don't pack dog and cat in the same box. Number 28, make lots of friends before you move, right, so they can help you. But then number 29 said, make friends with those who are lifting weights in the gym before you move. Number 35 was tired of packing. Convince yourself that you don't need the rest of your stuff. Maybe we get too much stuff anyway, huh? I was thinking about that. Last one here, moving day tip, number 16. Resist the urge to pop bubble wrap before packing fragile items. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, you get bubble wrap in your hands. Isn't that true? It's like, oh, I got to pop them. And you just can't pop one. You got to pop the whole roll or the sheet, right? Well, as we continue in our study through the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul puts the passing of believers like moving from the old house to a new home when we receive our glorified bodies. So really, death for a Christian is really moving day. And that's the title of our message, Moving Day, Moving Day. We're going to be studying 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 1 through 8 this morning. Moving day is our title, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. Now, I broke this passage up into three parts, and this is our outline. Number one, the new place. Number two, the new life. And number three, the new home. So let's begin here. Moving day, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Our first outline heading is the new place. Take a look with me here. Verse 1. It reads, for we know that our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. All right, we, be, we begin here with these three words, for we know. The Apostle Paul writes with certainty here. 
he's writing with this thought like, not, uh, well, I think so, or, well, I hope so, but he writes confidently. He's saying, we know, we know like beyond the shadow of a doubt, Paul holds with all certainty that the future glory of believers in Jesus Christ is real and will come. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about that we're going to live in eternity, but we're going to live with our resurrected bodies, our glorified bodies, just as Jesus has resurrected. He is the resurrection and life, and so will we. So Paul's like, this is real. I know this. This is certainty here. Now, what Paul is saying right here in verse 1 comes on the heels of chapter 4. Remember last time we saw the title of our message, How to Press On. That like in times of trouble and hardships and all that Paul was going through, that we are to put our focus on God's work in us, the e- eternal things, the spiritual reality and those things. And if you missed it, grab the CD. Well, now Paul continues on here into chapter 5, for he knows without a doubt now, without a no, doubt, he's going to go to glory. No matter what happens to him, no matter what hardship comes, no matter if the persecution gets so bad that he loses his life for the gospel, he has nothing to fear. So as he gets into chapter 5, he's saying, hey, I know without a doubt, he knows that he will experience the fulfillment of God's word and live in glory. So death will be his moving day. That's our title this morning. So you see, he puts this thought into this analogy now, and this is what we see in verse 1, of a tent and a house. Now take a look at verse 1 again. He says, if our earthly house or our home here on earth If that, which is really, he said, this tent. Now, when he says this tent, he's talking about this physical body, our physical fleshly body he's calling a tent in this analogy. Now, he's saying if this tent is destroyed, the word actually in the NAS translates it torn down, like you're taking down a tent, destroyed, when he talks about really, he speaks of when our physical body dies. So if this earthly house, this tent uh, dies, our body dies, Then, he says here in verse 1, we have ready for us a building from God. What he means, it's this house now from the Lord, not a tent, this building now, a house now that the Lord has created, and, and it's not made with hands it's not fashioned or or it hasn't been put together with any physical or earthly means but verse one tells us this is an eternal building he's talking about our resurrected body our new glorified body which we'll receive when we die when we pass from this life and this house now this new building this house that god has built resides in the heavens It's this eternal thing, and it's this body, glorified body that lives eternity in heaven. A body that lives forever in glory. Nice to know, right? So the idea, Paul's saying, our our earthly bodies are like this perishable tent. It's just temporary. But our heavenly bodies is a permanent house. 
John MacArthur said the temporary tent in which believers now dwell will be replaced one day in heaven with an eternal, excuse me, imperishable body. So right here in verse 1 in our first section here, Paul is saying this, and this is really the point. In death, believers move from tent to house, which is the earthly body to the glorified body. See, this is what he's putting forth here. This is what he's making us to see, wanting us to see. In death, believers move from tent to house, which is the earthly body to the glorified body. Many years ago, I, I was camping, and my wife and I actually many, many years ago when we were younger, and we went to a place, I think it was called Big Oaks or something like that. It was right outside of Yosemite in California. And over there, they had some pools. You could jump in like you saw in the video and a little waterfall and all this stuff. It, it was fun. And we went camping. And over there, it wasn't like RV kind, trailer kind of thing, but it was tent camping, and, and it was cool. It was, it was kind of fun to do that. Now, when it rained, a couple times we went, one time it rained, the tent would leak a little bit and get some drips. Or when the wind blew, the tent would shake around a little bit like that. And, but it was all good. But I'll tell you, after, I don't know, three or four days that we were camping, I was ready to go home, yeah? I was ready to go sleep, yeah, in my own bed, right? I mean, I mean I'm over the tent thing after a while. Well, that's the same idea as Paul. This body, right, like this tent, it's not made for us to stay in it forever. That It's only temporary. This tent, matter of fact, will only last so long, right? You think about a tent, you live in it, eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to tear and wear out and leak and the wind blows it over and all that, right? And I'll tell you, my tent right here is beginning to fall apart too, yeah. I heard some people laugh. Don't laugh. Your tent is having problems too. No, just joking. But that's the idea. Paul is saying in death, believers move from tent to house, which is the earthly body to our glorified body. Someone once asked John Quincy Adams. He's the sixth president of the United States. Someone asked him how he was doing in his like older elderly years. Well, his reply was this. I am very well, thank you. However, the house in which he lives is growing old. And he's talking about his body, right? The shingles are coming off the top. I could picture him losing some hair, right? And the foundation shakes under the wind. Mr. Adams will soon have to move out. But he himself is very well. Well, I can relate to that, yeah? I mean, yeah, our body, you know, as we get older, it starts to break down and all that. Paul is saying, hey, in death, this is a great thing. This is our hope. This is a wonderful to look forward to. Believers move from tent to house, which is our earthly body, to the glorified body. You know what? Knowing this, and you can see why Paul says, for we know. We, we're so confident in this. It, it, it's incredible in this. Knowing this, you know, knowing all this, knowing what, our, what God will do with this body and our new glorified body, it means there's no fear when that time comes. There's no fear of that grim reaper, yeah? That guy in the hoodie with that big sickle, right? There's no fear in that. We find comfort that when we pass from this life to the next, it's really moving day. That we are going to a new 
place, right, that is prepared for us, that God has for us, this new body. Listen, let me, let me ask you, is Jesus in your life? Is he your Lord and Savior? If he is, then you know, you have that assurance through the cross, through what Jesus did, that when that time comes for us to die, it's just moving days, yeah? Going, getting our new bodies and, and going to heaven. I read about this uh, family who had this special kind of funny ritual whenever their pet goldfish passed away, when it died. The family would gather together in the bathroom, and then three-year-old Drew would hold the fish while five-year-old sister Alexis said the prayer. Then the deceased was dropped into the toilet, and they both flushed the uh, they both pushed down the lever and, as it was written in this story, flush the fish to heaven. Well, on one of those occasions, right after the goldfish was sent to heaven, so to speak, the little girl asked her mom if Grandpa, who had died several years earlier, was also in heaven. Well, the mom said confidently, yes, he is. I mean, through Jesus, yes, he is. Well, that's when the little boy asked, well, who flushed him? I like that. Whether the Lord returns or our worn-out bodies won't go on anymore, there's going to come a point where you and I will be flushed, right, from this old tent to the new place. How encouraging is that? Well, let's go on to number two now in our outline, the new life, the new life. We've seen the new place, moving day brings us to the new place, but it also brings the new life. Number two. All right, verse two now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, it reads, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, verse 3, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. We'll stop right there. Paul here writes, for in this in verse 2. Well, in what? Well, he's talking about the tent, this flimsy tent, this our body that we live in. Well, he says, in this tent, what? We grow. We groan, excuse me. Why are we grown? Well, we're wanting to be over this tent, to move out of this old body that we're still in. And why is that? Because this physical body, this old body, is still attached to our sinful flesh. Not only is, is parts not working as good anymore, you know, and all that, but you know what? We're still attached to the sinful flesh, and, and we need to get rid of that to be totally free of that. So Paul says, we groan, and we groan, then he says, earnestly desiring. That means to have this intense longing, this, this, this deep desire, this yearning now to what? He says, to be clothed. Notice he's mixing metaphors here. Now he goes from tent, now he's talking about being clothed. What are we clothed with? Well, with our habitation from heaven. In other words, to put on our heavenly body, to be clothed with our glorified body, and then live life over there in heaven. Paul wrote in the same way in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, the second part. He said, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So Paul, he deeply desires, he longs now to be clothed with 
the new body, this body, glorified body that's made for heaven, that's made to live the new life in heaven. Now, I like this idea of being clothed, if you think about it. You know, when I go work in the yard, I, I, I put on my work, work yard clothes, you know, grubby clothes kind of thing, right? When I work on a car or the truck, I, I put those on, right? When I go to the beach, what, I put my sh swim shorts on, right? If you go, go to eat dinner at a nice place, what do you do? Oh, aloha shirt, and your ladies put a nice dress or blouse on, right? Some of you, when you go to work, you put what? Your uniform on. So you dress accordingly to where you're going and what you're going to do. Well, that's the idea here. In our new life in heaven, Paul's saying, hey, we're clothed with this habitation, with this new body, this glorified body that is made to live in heaven. Then he says in verse 3, indeed. In other words, know this now. Being clothed with the new glorified body now means you will not be found naked. Now, what is that? What is he saying there? Well, Paul is simply stating that in heaven, believers will not be bodiless. We won't be some spirits floating around there. That's the idea here when he says we're not going to be found naked. We're, we're not going to be disembodied spirits just, you know, floating around there. Now understand, Paul writes this because back then in the ancient time, the Greek th thinking was when your soul leaves the physical body when you die, that you become this disembodied spirit. Uh, th that really to them meant that you attain this higher level level because you see back then the greeks felt like well the body is bad it's evil it's not good so when you finally die and leave that your soul your spirit leaves this body then then you're leaving that bad thing and you're actually attaining to this higher level they felt like the body was this corrupted thing well Paul is making sure in writing this that the Corinthian believers are not confused here. They're not going along with the thinking of the world, of the society at that time. No, he's saying, no, don't think now when we leave this body that, that we're not going to be clothed again, that we're not going to have a new body to live in, this new life in. You will not be found naked or bodiless. Don't be confused. Paul's like saying, hey, this, hey, Heaven is not just a bunch of wispy spirits, right, floating around. I was thinking like jellyfish in the ocean, right? You know, just, it's not that, not at all. Take note here when Paul speaks of this new body as being clothed. It's, it's, it's like we're putting clothes on, like, like on our earthly body, in the sense that when you change your clothes, you are still the same person. You're still the same new you. When you get your resurrected bodies, I mean, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. I mean, you know, whoo, no more, you know, pain and all that stuff. No more suffering. No more dealing with this body. But the new resurrected body is still going to be you. Now, you may not recognize me in heaven. I may have all black hair, hair so, you know, just know that's me. Yeah, no, well, you'll still recognize each other. I mean, I think about this. Remember after Jesus was resurrected, the women at the tomb, the disciples in the room when Jesus came into that, 
Uh, they recognized Jesus no problem, right? Matter of fact, we saw when we were studying 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 6 says that over 500 people saw Jesus alive. So if they recognize Jesus in his resurrected body, guess what? So will others when they see you in your resurrected body. So be like, hey, we're just changing this, these clothes here. Verse 4, Paul goes on and says, For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, while believers live this earthly life in this old tent, Paul is saying, we groan. We groan, being burdened. What is that? We're, we're tired. We're weary, we're weary. We're ready to get rid of this old fleshly body that we badly want to just get, get away from, get rid of now. But it's not just to get rid of the body, Paul's saying, and remain unclothed, floating around in some disembodied spirit. No, he says in the middle of verse 4, but further clothed. What does he mean by that? He's saying it, what we want is to be dressed with something more better, yeah? More better than that old tent. More better than this fleshly body. And being furtherly clothed or dressed with, dressed with something better, it's so that mortality, which is this earthly life in these dying bodies that we're in one day, that mortality will be swallowed up. Now in the Greek, that's one word. It means devoured or conquered. So this old body, the mortality, this mortal body will be swallowed up, will be conquered, will be devoured by life. What is that? Eternal life. So here's the idea. In the believer's resurrection, the old earthly life will be overcome by the new eternal life. John Phillips wrote in his commentary, death would, be, death would like to devour us. Instead, life devours our mortality at death. I like that. That's a great thought. Matter of fact, it's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 54. He said, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I love that. So what's Paul saying here? Well, this is his point here in these verses. In death, believers receive a new body that takes them from this life on earth to the new life in heaven. In death, believers receive a new body that takes them from this life on earth to the new life in heaven. You know, when um, Kristen and I first got married over 34 years ago, we were in our early 20s or so, and, and I remember when we got married, and, you know, moving out was an exciting time. I don't know if you guys remember first moving out. I mean, we had a new apartment. It's close to the beach. <laughs> and it, it, it was a new neighborhood. And it, everything was just new for us, right? And, and as, as well as some old, old things, like we had our parents' old furniture and our, some of our old, their old dishes or pots and pans and things like that. But, but hey, on a whole, it was this whole new start, a whole new world. Yeah, and it was exciting, right? It was a whole new life together, 
um, as a married couple in the Lord. A whole new way of living now as husband and wife. Well, that's a similar idea, you guys. When, when you receive your new glorified body, it's the beginning of a whole new life. And that's what Paul's putting out here. We're, we're still the same person. We're clothed with this body that's made for heaven because it's this whole new life now. So in death, believers receive a new body that takes them from this life on earth to the new life in heaven. I can't wait, you guys. I can't wait to have this new life and leave the old behind. I mean, just think of it. Oh, no more struggling with with that fleshly body, right? It's going to be a whole new thing to not have to deal with that anymore, right? No more, Lord, help me, help me, help me, give me strength, all that. No, uh, you'll have your new body. It'll it'll be wonderful, be perfect. No more sin, no more struggling in that way. D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist in the 1800s, said, Someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody is dead. He said, don't believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall have gone up higher. That is, that is all. Out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal. A body that death cannot touch. That sin cannot taint. A body fashioned like unto his glorious bodies body and into a new life i love that that's the new life we're gonna have is that what you groan for just as paul is saying here is that what you earnestly desire do you really want that do you groan for that or should i ask are you comfortable with sin are you comfortable living a sinful or worldly life where are you today do you have that deep longing right to 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 leave this body old messed up body and go to heaven with a new body or are you even concerned at all if that is our destiny right if that's our future shouldn't we here today be shaping who we are as a person. Remember, we still recognize each other. We're we're still that person that we are. And God is working on us to become more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. Well, shouldn't we be working on that more and more to get ready so our person can fit this new body that is without sin? We should be doing that shaping who we are as a person to fit the glorified body we're getting. I read about a man who was uh, not as committed to the Lord as he should have been, and he took a walk, came by this construction site. These stonemasons were building a church, and it was almost finished. One of the craftsmen he he came up to was working really hard on the steeple of the church, chipping away at this huge stone. The man watched him for a while and then asked the the craftsman, the stonemason, why are you spending so much time on that particular block of stone? Well, the worker pointed to his nearly finished steeple and said, I'm shaping it down here. Then pointing up, he said, "So, so it will fit up there. I love that picture. Do we really care? Are we concerned? Are we more comfortable in how we are now with sin and worldliness and, and, and not being close to the Lord? Well, this man, it spoke loudly to him of what this stonemason was doing. 
All right, well, let's move on now to number three, the new home, the new home. Moving day, we see the new place. Secondly, the new life. And now number three, the new home, the new home. Take a look with me here now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, Paul goes on here, and he says, basically, it's God himself who prepared us for this future. God reached out in love. He saved us. And, and he saved us for this very thing, he's saying, to live in these glorified bodies in heaven with him. That's your destiny as a believer. If you have Christ in your heart, that is your destiny for sure. If you don't come to Jesus today. So, Paul saying, for now, God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Another word for guarantee, actually, in the original language, it means like down payment. So the Holy Spirit is this guarantee that God will complete His transaction that He's doing in salvation. In other words, the indwelling Spirit that, w that is given to us at the time of salvation is a promise that God will give us the glorified bodies in heaven. We saw back in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 22, Paul wrote, Who also sealed us, which is that mark of ownership, and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. We also see that in Ephesians chapter 1, that this is our guarantee, the Holy Spirit in us, to, to, to we, that we would know for sure that we are going to get our glorified bodies when we pass from this life. Verse 6. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For, verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. So Paul's saying this, with the Holy Spirit now living inside of us as a guarantee, Paul says, so you know what, we believers, you know, I am so confident. I'm always confident. In other words, no matter what, no matter what I go through, no matter what I face, God will keep His plan for me for glorification. And then He says, knowing even whatever I go through, even while we are at home in the body. Now, what does He mean by that? If as, we're, as we still are in our body, in our earthly home, in this tent, the physical body, he says, he says, while we are in our living in our earthly home, then we are absent from the Lord, which is to be absent from the Lord. We're, in other words, we are not literally with God in heaven yet. I like what the NLT renders this in their translation is, as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So the idea is absence from the Lord means we're still present in the old body. We're not in heaven yet. Now, even though we know this, right, God will never leave us nor forsake us. The Holy Spirit is living with inside of us in every believer. But believers still have this longing sense to literally be with God. And we feel this separation from God. 
It's like uh, David said in Psalm 42, uh, verses 1 to 2. He says, As the deer longs or pants for the streams of water, so I long for you. I pant after you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? So we all have that sense, right? Of, oh, Lord, I want to be with you. Lord, I want to go home to you. Lord, I, 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 and we know he's with us. He never forsakes us. But literally, we want to be with him. Well, we cannot if we still live in this old fleshly body. So Paul says, look, since we still are in this old fleshly tent, and it means absence from the Lord that we're still in this body, well, look what he says in verse 7. Well, we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. We believe God will do what he says in the future. We, we, we live by that faith, walking by faith. And we walk not by sight. It's not based on, on what we see here on earth. Our living isn't based on that. But our eyes are set upon eternity to come. So the idea here is believers have set their sights on a better home that they've actually never really seen. Think about that, right? Well, you know, as believers, we, we don't, we've never seen heaven, but we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's faith. We set our sights on that, on heaven, on that better home. The commentator Bruce Barton said, it is to live in light of ultimate rather than immediate realities. And that's how we live. That's how we base our living. So then Paul says in verse 8, and this is our last verse this morning, we are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, most of us know this verse. This is a powerful, comforting verse to all of us, and especially to those loved ones who have died in the Lord and, and have passed. Well, Paul says here in verse 8, we are confident. Again, he keeps saying, and we know beyond the shadow of doubt. We know for certainty. And you know this word actually in the Greek, it can also be translated as courage. So I see that in light of the troubles and threats Paul is is facing he has that courage he's confident he knows for sure he can stay strong so he's saying we are confident well pleased rather well pleased means like take delight in other words believers would rather in the in their delight in the gladness rather what to be absent from the body which means we will be present with the lord literally now he's saying we will be with Jesus Christ. So as soon as we leave this old body, we will be in our new bodies at home with the Lord, as the NLT put it. There's a song, I don't know if you maybe heard it on a radio station, or, or there's, there, there's a song by Big Daddy Weave, and it's called The Only Name, and in parentheses, it's Yours Will Be, and Yours Will Be the Only Name is, is in, in this song. And some of the lyrics in this song is this. And yours is the name, the name that has saved me. Mercy and grace, the power that forgave me. And your love is all I ever needed. And then the chorus comes in. And I just love this part. It, it goes like this. When I wake up in the land of glory, 
With the saints I will tell my story. There will be one name that I proclaim. But what I really like is when I wake up in the land of glory. And that's what I picture, you guys. You know, when we look the last time at maybe our loved ones gathered around us, and we close our eyes in death, but just in a moment, when we open our eyes again, we look straight into the eyes of Jesus. Amen? What a moment that's going to be. No wonder Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Take note here. When the word says here, the absence from the body means to be present with the Lord. It, the idea really is this immediate, instantaneous action. There's no gap here. I mean, that means th there's no such thing as, as, as some doctrines that are out there. Uh, it's called soul sleep. There's no such thing as soul sleep. There's uh, some suspended animation, you know, you waiting for get into heaven. And there's no such thing, let me tell you, as purgatory, some holdi holding area where you're going to pay some penance for a while. No. You're going to be in one of two places, right? If you're absent from the Lord, what? You're present still in this old body. But if you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. So this is our last point this morning. In death, believers immediately go from faith to sight, which is to finally come home and live with Jesus. And this is what Paul is coming to here in, in this last section. In death, believers immediately go from faith to sight, which is to finally come home and live with Jesus. You know, uh, I remember my mother telling me, I think it was back in around 1972, my parents bought their house. And they bought their house for around, and they live in it still, they bought their house for around $25,000. Like crazy, amazing, right? I mean, back, back then, you know, prices were, were pretty low on everything, and the, the, the cost of living was low, and how much you made and everything. But it took a lot, a lot of sacrifices for them to make payments and, and all that, you know, like, like us today. I mean, I was thinking, 25 grand, wow, that's the price of a cheap car now, right? A brand new car crazy right but what i remember her story when she was telling me that when she was looking around for to buy one house and uh, my dad was working she was to go around with the realtor well in this particular house that they ended up purchasing when she first stepped in she knew that that was the one she knew that 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 was the one that that was home and when we finally moved in that was home and they're still in that same house well that's the same thing paul is saying paul saying you know when i die and i get my glorified body i will finally be home home in heaven and home means you know what we will finally be with our lord and savior the one we love the one we long for do you long for not just heaven, right? Not just oh, getting rid of the old broken tent or or, fa or or you know fading tent. What do you really long for? 
Do you, I mean, not just, you know, getting rid of the fleshly body and the sins we struggle with every day. But do you really long for Jesus to be with that one we love? Do you know that's what heaven is about, right? That's what it's really about. Yes, new body, yes, all that. But to go home and to be with God. One of my favorite quotes is from the 18th century pastor, William Plummer. And he said this, Without God, heaven would be no heaven. Right? Like Paul, I would rather be with Jesus any day. Right? And even when it comes to die according to God's will, it's okay. Because I want to go and be with Jesus. I want to be really, literally with him. How about you? Is that your heart for the Lord this morning? Do you have a passion for Jesus in that way that Jesus means everything and you want to be with Jesus? That's why you, you spend time with Him every day. That's why you open the Word and pray. That's why you come church. Yeah? That you want to worship and feel His presence and be with Him. And you want to open the Word and hear Him speak to you because you love Jesus. Is there that passion and love in your heart? that even death is looking forward to being with Jesus? Where are you today? Where's your heart? Have you lost your love for Jesus? Maybe you once had that. Yeah? Maybe when you first came to the Lord, oh yeah, it was all about Jesus. It was Jesus and couldn't stop reading your Bible. You, you went to everything the church had. You were just so hungry for Him. You wanted more and more of Him. Yet, as the years go by, has it faded? Little by little, a little by little, now you look and go, whoa, what, what is in my heart right now? What is it? Do I just come church as some ritual? Yeah, well, I got to go to church. Okay, oh, pastor's going to uh, end early today. Oh, praise the Lord. Right? <laughs> you know, what is it? Or is it, no, go on, pastor, keep going. Two hours is fine because I want more of Jesus. I like you guys. No. <laughs> But you understand what I'm saying, right? What happened to that love? What happened? Listen, heaven is not just a destination, but a motivation, you guys. Because we want to be with Jesus. I'll close with this. Eric Baker, he was a missionary from England who spent 50 years ministering and preaching the gospel in Portugal. Interesting. I never heard of him, but I came across his story. He was relentless. He was courageous. He was faithful, even though all the hard and difficult times he had went through. During World War, World War II, the situation in Portugal there became so dangerous that he had to send his wife and children back to England for their safety. Also, his sister and her three children were, were evacuated onto the same ship. But Barker here remained behind to carry on the work. Well, on the Sunday following their departure, this pastor, Barker, stood before the church, his church, and said, I just received word that all my family have arrived safely home. He then went on with the service just as usual. But it wasn't until later, it wasn't until after the service that the full meaning of those words became known. 
You see, just before the church service, he had been handed a message that an enemy submarine had torpedoed the ship that they were on, and everyone on board drowned as the ship sank. But Barker, he knew in confident faith that his believing family had finally reached home. They were now home with Jesus. Now, I'm sure he had his time of grief, but Barker did keep going. He was able to keep going because his eye on the reality of eternity. So you guys, let's keep an eye on that. Yeah, Let's keep our focus on that. Let's know that no matter what, yeah, no matter what you go through, no matter what may end up even in persecution. You know, I was just reading this morning that that there's uh, uh, they put three, I think, Christian pastors in prison in Iran for their Christian faith. And I was thinking, you know what? One day it might happen to us here where we live in America. Things are changing. Things are changing. And who knows, like Paul, if we're martyred for our faith, will there be fear? Or will we realize that's not the end? Yeah? It's just what? Moving day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Lord, stir us up with these words. God, remind us of of, of the reality of heaven, our glorified bodies, our resurrected bodies, and how real that is. God, sometimes we forgive us for complaining too much of this old tent, Lord, and complaining too much of, of this life here and the struggles and all that, Lord. Forgive us for that. But help us to look in hope and have joy and have excitement. Lord, to the day when we'll have our new bodies as we look toward that and to be in heaven. And not just be there, to be in glory, in the land of glory and wake up to that, but Lord, to one day to literally be with you. And when we receive our new bodies, that's what it means, a, a new home, a new life, a new place to be with you, the one we love. God, stir our hearts up right now. Lord, may, may these the word that we study, God, today, may it, it, it spark a fire and a heart for a passion for you, for the destiny you have for us, and may we start living like we should be living, Lord, today. God, by your Holy Spirit right now, I pray that you would come and touch us, Lord, and that you, by your Holy Spirit, that you would fill us, Lord, and that you, you, you would just spark in us, Lord, this passion, Lord, like never before, a love for you, God. Lord, we'll bow before you right now. As our eyes are closed right now, I want to give you guys this opportunity. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never done that, and you never really have, have done that, maybe even coming, or maybe this is your first time here, and, and things are going on in your life, and you know you need God, well, this is a way to get to God. It's through the cross, through Jesus. This is a way to have a relationship. This is a way to have heaven and to be assured of that for sure, to be confident in it, to have Jesus in heart. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ this morning. Also, 
I'm going to put an opportunity out to any of you here this morning who has lost their love, who've wandered away from the Lord, where no more are you walking like you did before, or, or, or now you've been into the world and, and in bondage and habits of sin and, the, and giving into the flesh, walking in the flesh and not in the spirit anymore. I want to give you opportunity this morning to rededicate your life to Jesus. So, as our heads are bowed and eyes closed right now, as the Holy Spirit is moving and Jesus is calling to you right now, stand up right where you're at. You want to receive Christ this morning. Stand up right, right where you're at, right from your seat. Just stand up right there. Anyone here this morning? Know for sure that you will go to heaven and get your new body. How you do that? By receiving Jesus this morning. Stand up right now. If you're here this morning and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, you know God is calling you to do that. He loves you so much. He wants you back. He wants to work in your life again. I want you to stand up. Stand up also. Anyone here this morning? Rededicate your life to the Lord. Let's all stand together right now. Lord God, I pray, Lord, over each one of us that we would become, Lord, the people of God that you want us to be. Lord, that we would realize and understand the realities of heaven, the resurrected body, of who you are. And Lord, that would light a fire under us to live for you more than ever before, God. And as we stand before you, we give you our hearts, Lord, right now. And we thank you, God, that it's you, Lord. It's you that have loved us. It's you that have reached down to us. And it's you that gives us the ability and the power and strength to go on. So we call out to you, God, that you would continue to work in our lives right now. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all in Jesus' name. Amen.